Hey there, it's your friend Stormy Warren here, and I want to invite you to my new home, The Big 615, exclusively on TuneIn. It's the official home of country music broadcasting live from Nashville to the world. Get the latest on country music, from your favorite artists to the hottest songs climbing up the charts. Oh, and it's commercial free. Hear it all on The Stormy Warren Show, weekdays from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central. Download the free TuneIn app from the App Store. That's TuneIn. Or ask your device to play The Big 615 on TuneIn. Tune in. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and the man who is just about to head down to night two of the Taylor Swift Eras Tour at the week <laughs> one, Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo. How are we doing as always, as we say during this pandemic, this air quote Saturday morning, sir? Ah, uh, Roy, while, while we are taping, well, like, like in future time, I should be on cloud nine. But as mm. we're taping this, I, I'm that I'm that 20-year-old kid that's watching game seven of the Raptor Sixers series. That, those are the feelings I'm feeling right now. Yeah, for uh, those of you who don't know, we do record the show um, ahead of time. So this is actually... On the precipice of game six as we are recording this show. But I promise you that by the time we are on these airwaves the next time, Charles Barkley, Garon T style, the Sixers will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if they're going to, you know, I don't know if they took care of business on Thursday, this past Thursday, or I don't, I don't know if they're going to take care of business on Mother's Day. I promise you, I guarantee you, they will take care of business and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time. Joel Hansen be there, but we will get in all <laughs> or in or in or in the Andre Iguodala era, the Drew Holiday era, Devin Turner the, era, uh, Chris Webber, <laughs> the Michael Carter Williams era, um, the Taylor Swift era. No man, yeah. there have been a lot of there have been a lot of errors. <laughs> the Lavoy Allen era. There have been a lot of yeah. errors that 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 this that this franchise has not made into a conference finals. So you're. I, I mean, there's a lot of demons that you can, um, or like I don't know, like that that Elway monkey. Like I don't know, like like you've got one monkey off your back because I feel right now the script is really just this gauntlet of like of of Sixers demons. You get past the Celtics, it's looking like you're gonna have to get past Jimmy Butler in the Heat, and then who knows? You might have to go past. The Phoenix Suns owner's favorite basketball player, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it's shaping up for uh, the Sixers, like you as you said, to be able to slay a couple demons on <laughs> route to a possible Finals victory appearance or whatever have you. So, we'll talk Sixers. We will recap all the games that happened over the past week, um, well, everything that's happened over the past week with the Philadelphia 76ers and what's going on in the other series across the NBA. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas came early this year once again. The National Football League knows how to be a 24-7, 365-day sport. And so we will celebrate, as we always do, the release of the 2023 NFL schedule. Does the yeah. NFL as a collective just know better than the tease? Because they're teasing right now. Like, when, when, the, when a football team is getting Seth freaking Rollins to, like, I don't do a, a tease video, not even a hype video, just, just, just to do his patented laugh. That's when you know that, like, they know they can just play with the emotions of every fan base in, in the country and just laugh. Wait, before before we move on, some somebody employed Seth Rollins for their tease video? The Chicago I Bears. I, yeah, uh, the Chicago Bears. That, that is nice. That is – I, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll say this, but I have a lot of thoughts about the schedule release. We have the schedule – well, we have the unofficial schedule from the Eagles, which I think is pretty official, but we do have uh, three very important dates on the schedule that are locked when is, in. When, as we when is the this. schedule going to officially release? Will it be during Game Six? Yes, eight o'clock p.m. Okay. Thursday. So it happened a couple oh, days ago, folks. So for those of you who, who are, are, are listening on Saturday morning on one hundred six point five FM, again the schedule is already out. You can make your plans accordingly. But we'll get into all that stuff. We have three games already locked in before the schedule is officially released by the NFL. So we have some Eagle stuff to talk about, some NFL stuff to talk about, and if we have a chance, we have to kind of, kind of, kind of give our thoughts on the new Raw and SmackDown rosters and put a bow on the amazing pay-per-view that was backlash this past weekend down in Puerto Rico, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, a very, very good PLE, excuse me. I keep saying pay-per-views premium live event from the folks at WWE. So we have a lot of stuff to get to on this edition 
of the Broad Street Line. As we always say, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line in the future. Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. Any shout-outs, sir? No, let's just say the usual thank yous. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to us and supporting us, whether it's here on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia, or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube Music, all sorts of good stuff. Spreaker, do a search for the Broad Street Line, download us to your phone, your iPad, your computer, your MP3-enabled device. Listen to us at home. Take us with you on the go. We are a very, very accessible show, 24-7, 365. And speaking of accessible, you can follow us on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS line. Hopefully we can all enjoy our Mother's Day weekends without having to go through the stressors of a Game 7 in Boston. So I'm hoping that neither one of us are tweeting about the Sixers on Sunday. But if we aren't tweeting about the Sixers, what, <laughs> what will you be tweeting about, my friend? I can't. Uh, no, like I don't like I. I think I will literally just have a blanket over my head, watching on my like phone, not even iPad or television. Like, let's not like. Hopefully, I will be tweeting about like I don't know, hoping all the like all the mothers around the world have a nice Mother's Day. I yes. and I'll be like in between because I found out that my that my obsession video game has created a new trophy that I can get. So I'll be doing so I'll be playing that again this week. Yeah, so hit Hitman three hours are being logged on again <laughs> by Chris Domingo. By the way, you, you mentioned happy Mother's Day before you forget to all the mothers out there, mothers to be out there. Um it is your day. Hopefully you will enjoy it again a stress free Mother's Day for that. And speaking of stress free, um the Sixers have put themselves in the position well well they put the fans in the possibility of a position to have that stress free day. Given the events of the past week, and it did not start out very, very stress-free for those of you who are Sixers fans. Of course, we have to go back, turn the clock back to game three at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, the the home return of Joel Embiid um, um, in this series, or the first home game of Joel Embiid in this home series. Of course, it was the game where he was presented with the MVP trophy um, at center court in game three. And the arena and people at home moved to tears when young Arthur Embiid came out to join him, when Joel Embiid thanked his family and his friends and the fans and everybody who kind of and who came before him, the the Brandon Davies and all those guys who were part of the process uh, before we get to this point. But again, it was a very emotional ceremony. Um, the crowd was hot, and the Sixers were hot for exactly one basket. Um, the first <laughs> basket was with the Joel Embiid. Tear, tears were shed later. And it was, no, and, yes. and they were happy tears. No, no, no. Then, then Boston, I think, got out to like a sixteen to seven run. Um, after that, it was a very ugly game, and it centered around one James F. Harden, who passed up multiple point blank <laughs> shots at the rim. Literally got to the rim, got five six feet away, passed the ball, looked hesitant, didn't want to shoot, didn't want any parts of the ball, didn't know whether to pass or turn the ball over. Just a very ugly game of basketball out of James Harden. And the six wind his butt or wipe his clock, like wipe his watch. Like, I I mean, that's what it felt like that. Like he felt like, I don't know, like, honestly, it felt like June 21st, 2021. I kept saying it and it, and it felt like that, but, but it also felt like, I don't know, like up till that point, but like up till Sunday, it felt that in the playoffs, every Sixers team has just not, answered answered the bell they just haven't like i don't know whether it's game seven against toronto whether it's game five against atlanta whether it's game whatever against my like it just feels like they haven't and it felt like it was just i don't know like i don't know like i said it i felt like they have loser dna and i still feel they do but i feel that there is one man on a mission to just cure this organization of that and it's a guy who doesn't shoot and and despite everything that we saw from James Harden though in Game Three, like they still Sixers had plenty of chances to 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 win that game. Again, they kept making runs and they got you know within five points, six points, five point six points, uh, you know you know throughout the game, uh, but just weren't able to get over the hump. Boston would make a couple of plays here and there um, to extend the lead back to nine or ten, and 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 that's pretty much all she wrote. And again, people leaving the Wells Fargo Center, us included, very upset at the Sixers. Again, we got those Ben Simmons vibes once again. Um, it was hard to see that that Sixers team down to one um, was going to kind of turn things around because we didn't see anything, you know, last Friday night that that was very promising for us to see. But James Harden, two nights later, beat the Ben Simmons allegations, elite performance out of the point guard, 42 points, including the game winning three 
with 19 seconds left on the clock led the Sixers to a 116-115 victory in overtime, an overtime period that came about as Marcus Smart missed a three-pointer at the end of regulation that would have won the game. Smart also got a potential game-winning three, a shot at a game-winning three, but it came about a half second late for the Celtics. That's what I think that, of course, in typical Philly fashion, like I, like, I don't think it's getting that much play to know that, like, you were, like, I don't know, what less than a second towards extinction, I, and I feel that's that's what I feel the the margin between these two teams are. Even though Chicago is more talented, I feel that like if you put everything in a box, the Celtics are better. Period. But I, I mean, I, I feel that they are not capitalizing on all the advantages they have, and I feel that let's say it, that I think the Sixers have an advantage in the coaching department. They, they do. And I feel that, like, I don't know, Doc Rivers for, I, I don't know, has had, has made the right calls, whether it's playing B-ball Paul. Like, I don't know. Like, I, or, or, and we'll talk about game five. I, I mean, like, I, I like, like, like the Dan House game. And I, I, I know that, like, I don't know, people are clamoring for shake, but you know what? Doc has earned the benefit of the doubt for now. I, I mean, like, he's, he's pressing the right amount. A button because there aren't that many buttons to push, Roy. <laughs> yeah, and and mentioning Doc again, Doc clearly had the out coach Joe Mazzula in game one to the point where Joe Mazzula, you know, after the Celtics won in game 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 two, was talking about the adjustments. Um, Doc clearly out coached uh, Mazzula in game game four. Um, again, as you saw, like you said, with with the rotations that he had, and again, Joe Mazzula, you know, has been ripped, you know, destroyed. Um, in the media over the past few days for not using one of his two timeouts that he had in overtime. Again, if you're if you're Joe Mazzola and you're you know the head coach of the Boston Celtics and you have a game-winning shot at the end of regulation and a game-winning shot at the end of overtime, I have to imagine at least one of those shots has to come off the hand of either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Like again, I'm not a head coach in the NBA, but I would give my best the ball to one of my best players at least one out of the two times. I, it, I, it just floored me, the fact that the, the Celtics just looked so out of sorts, but, especially. On that but that being play. said, that being said, that that Celtics team, regardless of who the coach is, they're missing something and intangible. And like I don't know, it could be Ime Doka or it could be Mazzola or anything. I just feel that that core is missing, and it's a talented core. It's like I don't know. It's I mean top three or four in the league, but they just don't know when to go for the kill. They don't. And I think there's been enough evidence of that this year, last year. And, and like, and a good friend of mine who's a Boston fan said it to me. Like, he's like, I just don't think that they have this, like, I don't know, like killer, this, this requisite killer instinct. And I feel that there, that there might be a little, like, I don't know, not knowing when to let Jason Tatum cook or Jalen Brown cook, because I feel like, I don't know when they're both cooking, they're unbeatable. Literally. They're, I think they're like, I don't know, like 30 and one, but I think that's the balancing act when you have two perimeter players like that is who gets to dance and who doesn't. And I feel in this series, I feel Jalen has, I don't know, and he's said enough in press conferences where he's like, I, I shot the ball seven times in like three quarters. Like, right. And I feel that, like, I don't know, that factoring all that in, that's why the Sixers are up 3-2 because this, this, the Celtics, I think they probably know they're the most talented team, but they just aren't. They have these internal struggles that the Sixers are frankly capitalizing on. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point. Like the, the Celtics have, you know, you know, probably the two best or two of the three best, however you want to phrase it, like two best, you know, isolation scores in the series and, and Jason uh Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. But like you said, like they have it looks like, you know, plenty of times running on the court, like like the Celtics will have five or six possessions where one of those guys don't in a row, where one of those guys just doesn't touch the ball which is kind of weird to me because, again, like you can look at, let's say, the Lakers or you can look at, you know, the Nuggets or you can look at any good team, any other team that's still alive in the playoffs. Their two best players are going to touch the ball, you know, 50, 60, 70% of the time. Like, it's an aberration when other guys get shots. Whereas when you watch the Celtics, like, you'll have five or six possessions where Tatum might get a couple shots, but then Grant Williams might get a couple shots or Brock yeah. get a couple shots. No, like, I think these two guys need to get the ball. Like, the offense needs to go through those guys and you live or die without with them. You know, no, I think that, like, them not having a real point guard. And Matt Marcus Smart is considered a point guard in the box store. He's not a point guard. He's just right. a guard who is happens to be 6'4". 
Like they like they need someone to kind of like get them in the flow of the offense because like I don't know like you said they just get bogged down like like and like they really shouldn't I mean they really do have the the ideal roster to in, in the modern NBA you got bigs who can shoot they got switchable wings like I don't know like it really is crazy to think that like I don't know the fact they weren't even like because they were the one team like they were the best team in the league for a while this season right. and then. I, I mean, like, I feel like this Doc Rivers quote is going to live on for infamy. They were playing with their food. And, like, no, I feel like they just – yeah, no, I feel that, like, I don't know. That is – they just – I don't know. And I don't know – I don't. does that change with a coach? I don't think so. I think that's just – that's just the DNA of the team. And I don't mm-hmm. – and I, as a fan, you never know. Like, I don't know. It would seem crazy to break Jalen and, and Jason up. But, like, I, I mean, maybe, like, I don't know. Just having a defined because who can even say who the one and the two is? I, I mean, Jalen Browns is as as one one as as Tatum. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that if you had a again, no disrespect to Joe Mazzulla, but if you had a coach, you would lay down the law. Like like a, I don't want to say that they don't respect the man, but if you had a Doc Rivers type of coach who was like, look, man, like I'm tired of seeing all these possessions where you, none of you guys ain't touching the ball. Like this got to stop. Like, I think that would change things a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe it's on Jalen Brown and, and Jason Taylor to be more, you know, be more defiant. Maybe they're like, look, man, it's like, I need the ball. Like, superstars, that's what superstars do. I mean, like, Joel Embiid, you know, when he wants the ball, like, he gets the ball. Like, when Steph Curry no, wants the I, ball, no, he gets no, the ball. No, but I feel like, who is, who? who's the one on that team? No, but I'm like, I don't even care. It's like, one of these dudes, like, if they both say, yo, give me the ball, then it's like, yo, figure, the, figure it out. You two guys will get the ball. Like, I don't, like... You'll get the ball half the time. You'll get the ball half the time. Whatever it is, I'm. If I'm a Celtics fan again, I'm tired of seeing possessions end in the hands of Malcolm Brock in the fourth quarter. Ends end in the hands of Malcolm Brogdon or Grant Williams or 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 Marcus Smart. Or Marcus I, Smart. I mean, like, yeah, Marcus Smart. No, because I feel yeah. that like I don't know. Marcus Smart gets too many wide open threes for a reason. Like yeah. I, I feel like I don't know. You got to take those, but I feel that like I don't know. Like and no, I, I feel that's the that's the crux of the Celtics issue. That they just don't know what to do on offense, even though they have a ton of talented offensive players. They do. And and like I don't know. But I feel game five was that point where like I don't know, like they're rat they can get rattled big time. And I feel that mm-hmm. like I don't know, like the same guy who frankly looked like the greatest player in the history of the NBA for five minutes against Joel Embiid on Sunday, basically shot them out of the game. I I, I mean like yeah. I, I mean Al Horford, like I don't know, like for all the good he does, I, I mean, like, you can't go 0 for 7 in the game 5. You no. can't. And, no. like, I don't know. I feel that – and I think for Joel, I feel he needed that internally to, like, put that dude in the dirt. Because, like, I guarantee you if Horford gets a couple more snuffs in, in game 5, Joel has to be getting in his head to be like, yo, what is going on with this dude? Because that was something. Like, and we were real close – to like living with that image for the rest of our basketball life where like Al Horford literally looks like Bill Russell. And that's what I feel that like this series and like, this is what, like, I don't know, this is what playoff basketball is. And I feel there's a finality with both teams where like neither of these teams are looking the same if they lose this series, period. Yeah, no, these teams are, are totally different, you know, when they lose this series. And as Chris mentioned, you know, you know, we almost got, the image of Al Horford shimmying after a, a, a slam dunk, you know, going down the lane and slamming, uh, slamming on the Sixers. We almost had that burned in our minds, you know, for, for, you no, know, that, no, if you lose that game, that's bad. That's I'll say it's equally as bad as the Simmons game, but they didn't lose that game. Even though, like you said, Al Horford looked like prime Ben Wallace and, you know, late in, late in that game. And it didn't lose the game in large part to a guy again, who's very important to the Sixers DNA. Uh, one PJ Tucker who got in Joel Embiid's face was like, look, man, like you got to be Joel Embiid. Like you can't be, you know, you can't be going toe to toe without Horford and having that man beat you um, like he did. And Joel Embiid had 14, 34 and 13 in game four, but he clearly ran out of gas late as we saw, you know, with his play against uh, uh, Al Horford. And we saw Joe PJ Tucker, you know, with that crucial and one late in that game four uh, to, to give the Sixers uh, that chance to win. But again, Sixers figured it out in game five. Joel Embiid figured things out in game five. Al Horford, as you mentioned, 0 for 7 from the field in game five. Sixers with a, a, a 
fairly impressive 115 103 victory Joel Embiid 33 points um that two-man game with it was James Harden again there's no stopping that he had that that free throw line jumper whenever and wherever he wanted it and the Sixers basically just like locked down the rim and just dared Boston to shoot over the top of him and Boston couldn't make anything um Jason Tatum 36 points slow start they, they, they don't good at all um boot off the court at times the Celtics were and you got the maxi game. You got the game, the game of the series that you wanted from Tyrese Maxi, needed from Tyrese Maxi. 30 points out of Tyrese Maxi. And you mentioned it to me, uh, you know, offline. Tyrese Maxi gives you a couple more games in these playoffs. This team is going to make a deep, deep run in the postseason. No, I, I mean, not to like pat ourselves on the back, but we said this at the beginning of the series. It's the 2 1 1 series. Even though we didn't think James Harden would get you two wins. He got you but two. He I, got I mean, you like, two. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, but. You you needed a ma- you needed a maxi game, and more importantly, you every team that wins something in sports, they have the unsung dude step up. Like yep. like I said, like the Sixers needed a, a Matt Stairs moment, and they got one. Like no, I, and like, but I feel like if you want to win this entire thing, you need more contributions from the randos. I mean, like the houses, the b balls. Like, and I, I mean, I'll say it to a point, Tobias Harris, he's as, he's as a rando as possible. Like, I, I mean, like, because he's not a guarantee. Like, and I feel like Maxi's in that middle X factor. Like, Maxi is, is like the breathing definition of an X factor. Where, like, if, if if he plays his best game, you're you're pretty untouchable. And, but he's not, but he's struggled, he struggled the entire season against Boston. So, I mean, and no, and I feel that, like, you don't. You want to try to unlock him, but not at the spe- expense of the rest of the team. But Game Five was the perfect example of when you got him going and you got Harden willing. I mean, willing to shoot that mid-range jump shot. They're tough because, like, I don't know. That just that makes you able to set your defense because they're right. just a terrible transition team. So, yeah. but you that that just doesn't mean like I don't know they're running back because like even on makes sometimes they are slow to get back. So I let. I mean, like we said, Maxi's the X factor. I don't know. Like, I feel like you're just going to need the MVP to be the MVP to close this one out. Yeah. So, so the Sixers, again, as we're recording this, up three games to two. And you're going to need a Joel Embiid, you know, star, superstar performance to kind of close, close the series out. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you can get by with a 25 and 12 Joel Embiid game and, and win this series. And the Sixers have been putting up numbers, but the Celtics have been putting up, you know, pretty decent numbers as well. Like, they've been, they've been scoring points. Um, again, despite the fact that Jason Tatum in these last couple of games has gotten off to a bad start. So, again, fingers crossed, but I guarantee that by the next time we are on these airwaves, the next time you hear this in a podcast form, the Sixers will be moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they will most likely be moving on to face the Miami Heat, who, again, as of this recording, are up three games to two on the New York Knicks. Um, and the home field advantage. Yeah, the Sixers, by the way, let me, let's put it out there. Sixers, by the way, will have home court advantage throughout the remainder of the playoffs if they pull off this victory, the series victory against the uh, Boston Celtics. So in the Easter Conference Finals and in the NBA Finals, the Sixers will have more home games than their opponent in both series if they make it that far. So let's keep our fingers crossed that everything kind of goes to fruition on that. So Miami up 3-2 on the Knicks as we're doing this. Lakers up 3-2 on the Warriors. Um, Jordan Poole is playing like absolute garbage in that game. That's a bad looking contract. That's a horrible looking contract these days. Um, you know then, what, man? Yes. Not you know, not defend Jordan Poole, but you really expected this guy to get over getting punched in the face by a teammate. Like I, I, I like that's I expect, what I think. when I pay you thirty five million dollars, I expect you to score more than eight points a game. No, yeah. but I feel that like that's getting like of course Draymond Green just gets that wiped out because that. I don't care if that's like a, a football team. You just don't like. I don't know. Like, did he even get reprimanded at all? No, no. no Draymond <laughs> Green suffered suffered no consequences for punching a teammate in the face. Turned around and made a podcast about it like two days later. Um, <laughs> like, so yeah, like no. I, I understand that he's very critical to the success, but you know what? He t- toes that line, and, and and you know what? If they go out, he has a lot to bear for that because he's just like I don't know. He just is. At times, he's a he's one of the great kind of all around players, but he's just a massive distraction a lot of the time. And like I don't know, like of course, Paul's gonna get dumped on, which he should because like I don't know, you're making thirty, you shouldn't. I, I mean, you can't be going out like a sucker like this. But Draymond's got to own a lot of like the failures of this like 
season. But the, the problem is the, the Warriors have four titles, and they, and you know Draymond's been a very integral part of those. Four oh, he's titles. tough one. Oh no, yeah. he's no, no but he's, he's the right. he's also the loudest. Which right. usually, like, if you like, I don't know, if you had this bully pulpit, and like, I don't know, like, because he's really quick to like get ahead of stuff. Even though, like, I don't know, like, what he said about the podcast, like, on the pool thing was so weak. It's like, I don't know, like, I got the most, it was like, no, you need, you need to do better than that. And, like, I don't know. And, of course, the entire team's going to side, like, has to side with Draymond. Because, right. like, I, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, he's just one of the OGs and you can't, even though he's probably, it don't matter what the heck Jordan Poole said. He did deserve to get li- literally, like, cold cocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like the man, and again, it wasn't sucker punch. He was staring at him. But I mean, like the man, like you shouldn't expect your teammate to haul off and sock you like that in that kind of situation. And but like you know, Draymond, like I said, Draymond has is, has four rings. Was an integral part of those four rings. It's pretty amazing they got four rings with that dude just being that kind of guy in the locker room. But there's nothing you can say about this this guy. Like it is what it is. I think this is really the end of the Warriors dynasty because I don't think they bring him back. Because now, I mean, no. They, and I also think that like they haven't. And, oh, sorry, right? And they have, and yeah. the younger dudes haven't evolved because they're still in win now mode. That right. that's what I think teams don't realize is like you just can't like trial by fire Jonathan Kaminga because he'll burn. Like I don't know, he'll right. falter. Like he doesn't get any run. That's why they traded Wiseman. Like I don't know, it's just hard to like, like I don't know, develop while you're trying to win every sinking game. Yeah, no, and and again, that's that's why, yeah, like you said, like you, they traded Wiseman because you can't, you know, like you can't build for the next generation, like because Wiseman wasn't gonna play with this these dudes because again, he would get in there, he'd mess up, Draymond would almost punch yeah. him, and then he would bench him, so like it just wasn't gonna work. <laughs> so you got guys you can trust, and you got guys, you know, who who again needed a change of scenery, like Andrew Wiggins, who was fine slotting in, you know, as a third or fourth star, you know, as opposed to where he, when he was the number one guy in Minnesota, just find the mix that works, you know, with these guys. And go with that, but I mean, again, the Warriors are the Warriors. I don't think they're. I think they're now done. have the Warriors yeah. earned. Now, sorry, we have the yeah. Warriors earned the right to. No, like obviously, like because with this new kind of CBA, it's going to be impossible to keep everyone anymore. Yeah, you can. So I, I mean, do you, you you don't this has has Clay earned the right to get whatever contract he wants, or or at some point do you have to say, thanks for the memories. And I think I mean. I think you pay Clay, but then I think Draymond gets the thanks for the memories. Like, you know, because he, I'm not sure how good Clay is anymore. He like, cause I, I, I mean, people forget, man, the dude's been through injury hell the, like for a few years. And I yeah. feel like, I don't know, like Steph is still elite, but I, I mean, there's so much carrying he can do. Right. Yeah. No, no, Clay, Clay is uberly reliant. If that's a word on, on, or, or uber reliant, I should say, on on Steph Curry, like Clay Thompson, yep. on literally any other team would just be a, a shell of what he is. Like Clay Thompson yeah. gets a lot of the good looks that he gets, and again, like we saw Clay earlier in the series go crazy, but Clay gets uh, game game two. Like Clay gets a lot of the looks that he gets because of the Warrior scheme and because so much attention is devoted to Steph Curry. Like Clay Thompson on a different team wouldn't be that good, but again, you could say the same like it was a similar thing about Draymond Green. Um, you know, Draymond Green's numbers aren't that impressive, you know, but seven, seven and seven or whatever he averaged this year. But on the Warriors, again, he has a you know tremendously large impact again just because of the way that that team is structured. I think Clay is is the is the trip well, Steph is the triple OG. I think Clay is like a double OG and and and, and Dre's a double OG, but you've already paid like Jordan Poole, so you can't keep all four. So I think Clay is the Clay has yeah. a triple OG, you know, double OG uh um I don't know, uh, status, if you will, than, than Draymond. So I think he's... No, I feel I like, Dre I don't goes. know, like... No, I, I feel other than the massive tax they've had to pay to keep all these guys. I, I mean, like, never gonna, like, I don't know, give credit to, like, rich billionaire. But you know what? Not many owners would, like, be paying out of their wazoo with tax like this. So they've yeah. kept it... I think they've kept it together as long as they humanly can. And you know what? You're gonna keep paying the taxes. I don't think you can... I well, You obviously can't let Steph ever go. Period. Like I know oh, yeah. he like he'll whole call his salary till he retires. Right. I think you might need sure. to do the same thing with Clay. Yeah. I you're like I, I mean like you'll just need to like live in mediocrity or live with that playing game till the end of the career. But you know what? You have four championships, so deal with it. Exactly. Like you're like this is as you as you say often, like this is the tax that you have to pay for your past success. Like you won four titles <laughs> with these dudes. You got to, you know, you made a bunch of other deep runs in the playoffs. 
if you got to you got to be trash for three or four years, it'll be mediocre for three or four years. That's fine because again, you got four. Every bands. other team in the NBA would happily pay that tax. One thousand, one thousand percent. So and um, yeah, so the Warriors are probably done. The Lakers will probably take care of business there. Nuggets again as of this recording are up three two on the Suns in a very weird series, but fantastic play out of Nikola Jokic and Devin Booker who are both going crazy in their own respective rights. Uh, Jokic averaging, averaging a triple-double through five games of the series, 35, 14, and 10. And Devin Booker's shooting 60% from the field and averaging 35 uh, points per game on his own right. So Roy, so by the way, I think, yes. I think this could be officially the end of, of the buddying up super teams. It's over. Or, like, I don't know, it should be over because it don't work no more. Like, I don't know. Like, the fact that, like, the Suns can trade for arguably the best offensive player not ever please let's stop that with that but like <laughs> arguably the best offensive player in the league right now and they're down three two to like Nikola Jokic Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. shows you you need continuity you need bench you need not a 90 year old Chris Paul who look who looks like 90 because he well, 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 he's been hurt he's been he's been hurt a little bit but I, I yeah like I think the, the Suns, the really the Suns' problem, like you said, is continuity. Like I think if all those guys were healthy and they had had a chance to play together for like you know forty games, fifty games, I think they would probably, I think they would probably win the series because I think. No, but it pure, doesn't pure help that your center, But it doesn't help that your center doesn't want to be there. <laughs> like no. I, I feel like that Aiton, like that Aiton match, kind of ruined the vibe, like the entire vibe of that team. Like he looked absolutely miserable. They shouldn't have never matched, but you can't lose. You're the guy that somehow you drafted number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Suns are just a just it's just an unfortunate mix of circumstances. Like you said, you have the center who doesn't want to be there. You have the, the superstar who you traded for, but then he got hurt. Yeah, Chris Paul's getting older. He got hurt, and Booker was hurt. I mean, like it's just like a whole bunch of just a mismatch of circumstances, and you got talented guys who just haven't gotten used to playing with each other. Whereas opposed to the Nuggets again, you got you know Jokic who's been there for you know most of the year. You got a healthy Jamal Murray. You got Michael Porter Jr. You know blossoming into a a fantastic shooter. Um, you just got a yeah like a team like you said who has continuity, who plays together, and, and who who's just a better a better had better chemistry than those. No, defi- guys. no defined roles, defined roles. roles. Like like yeah. Jokic is the franchise. Jamal Murray is the perfect number two shot creator, and then Michael. Right. No, like I, I mean that's. Like and I feel that's the way teams are gonna have to do it now with like this kind of this new cap where like you're it's the emphasis again is gonna be put on the draft. You gotta find the dudes. Period. No, ab- absolutely have to find the dudes. And I don't want to get in front of the the, the the Suns. Maybe the Suns pull this out. Um, and by the next time we're on here, you know the Suns are in the Western Conference Finals. But that'd be a very tough road for them to climb these next two games against the Denver Nuggets. It's time now to talk about the National Football League, ladies and gentlemen. The schedule is will be released or was released a couple of days ago on Thursday, but it is not fully out as we are in front of these microphones. However, we have very important news to tell you because three of the games have been officially announced by the NFL ahead of the full schedule release. And by the way, before we get into the schedule release, I do want to mention that the Eagles, who famously didn't play anybody last year, as anybody on Twitter would tell you. Eagles win percentage, their opponent win percentage coming into this year, <laughs> highest in the NFL, 0.566. So, it, so, so instead of playing nobody last year, they play everybody this year? Everybody, everybody. Six of them for, Eagles went from playing nobody for 17 straight games to playing everybody um, this year. Again, highest win, opponent win percentage in the NFL this season, Roy. I don't know. Uh, you, I, I don't know if you saw the 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 or the semi the leaked maybe ish final schedule. Schedule, man. That 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 end of the schedule is rough. <laughs> is rough, Daddy. Holy cannoli! Uh, I mean, you are. Like, let's roll it down. Let's. let's no, roll you're it gonna down. need to like. No, it feels a lot like last year, where you're gonna need to build up the dubs against like in the first half of the season if you scared get a dog ladies and gentlemen i ain't scared of the schedule i don't care who they play i don't care where they play if the eagles are a good team they will handle their business and i expect the team to handle their business let's go we will go through the league schedule that's probably the real schedule but (laughs) we can't really officially say it's a league official schedule the eagle schedule i'll just run through it real quick and then we'll have our thoughts week one september 10th at New England, a game where the Patriots plan to honor Tom Brady. Week two, 
home opener Thursday night football Minnesota Vikings short a short week which is kind of crazy short week home opener the Vikings uh week three extra long week September 25th at Tampa Bay Monday night football September 4 Washington at home September 5 uh October 8th at LA against the Rams uh week 6 October 15th up the turnpike at the Jets MetLife Stadium Next week, the next week, October 22nd, home against Miami. The following week, um, excuse me, at Washington, week eight. That's week eight. Week nine, Dallas at home, November the 5th. And then a bye right smack in the middle of the season. So you have eight games ahead of the bye, excuse me, nine games ahead of the bye, eight games after the bye. Can't ask for much more than that. And as Chris mentioned, that's what is the Dallas ideal game? Yes. What is, oh, sorry, what if, if you had to not even think about it? What do you want your record to be at the bye? So at the bye, nine games. Let's see, one, two, three, four at home. So four of the four of the nine games at home. I, ideally, again, just thinking off the top of your head, six and three. I mean, probably better than that. I, I mean, like six okay. and three is probably. I think that's a reasonable number because again, you have six and three is the is the floor. I think I six think and three is what, the floor. Okay. I think six to three is a floor because again, New England, Minnesota, just sort of name off the teams, New England, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Washington, twice the Rams, the jets, the dolphins and Dallas. I think six and three is a floor. I think that's the floor. Um, so the buy is week 10. Then as Chris mentioned, week nine kind of starts the gauntlet, but you get a buy right before the, the heavy artillery comes in because week 11 at Kansas city, Monday night football, follow that up with a short week at home, versus the Buffalo Bills on November 26th. <laughs> That's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I don't want to hear that. any people complaining about no schedule no more, man. This is crazy. The week after that, you got the return of Debo Samuel to Philadelphia. San Fran here at the link. The week after that, you go at Dallas. That's week 14. The week after that, you go at Seattle, week 15. Week which is 16, not a yes. gimme, which is absolutely not a gimme. Absolutely not a gimme. Second straight road game for the Eagles. You're going cross country after going to Dallas the week before. Not a gimme. Week 16, no, I, have no, the Giants. No. Yeah. I'm sorry, Roy. I feel like that's going to be one of those things where do you even go back to Philly? Oh, no, you go back. That's, you have a week. I mean, that's a, yeah, like it's not like you're not in Cali. Like Dallas and Dallas to Philly is a that's a two and a half hour plane ride. I mean that's that's yeah you go back home, but yeah that's a that's a long plane ride to, to kind of make again December seventeenth. And we had was it last year or the year before I forget there was a the, the time where I think it was like after week eleven or something the Eagles never got on the plane because they either yeah. had bus trips or train trips. Um, that's not this year. Um, <laughs> this year again at Dallas at Seattle then uh, Christmas e uh, Christmas night Christmas afternoon I should say. 425, you have the Giants at home. That's part of the NFL triple header on Christmas this year on Monday Night Football. Week 17, you have Arizona and Jonathan Gannon at the link. And week 18, excuse me, you have the Giants, uh, which either could be a Saturday or a Sunday game at MetLife Stadium. So looking at that schedule, excuse me, what do you what do you think about that second half of that schedule? It's like um, I think. Vegas had the over-under on Eagles wins at 10 and a half. I'm taking, I'm taking the over, but I'm not like, I don't, they're not, they're not crushing that over. I feel like I like, there's just that schedule is like, I, I mean, but this is what, this is why the NFL has parity because even like, and, and one, they're not going to like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I mean, this isn't like being negative. You are not going to be as good with the injuries as you were last year. They they were arguably the the most healthy team, the healthiest team in the league. So I, I mean, just factoring all that in and like the new schedule, I think they'll be good and they'll probably win the division. But it won't be they won't be thirteen and four again. I can tell you that for a fact. There's always a team that wins twelve games and thirteen games in every conference. If it's not the Eagles in the NFC, who is it? That's my question. It's good not, yeah, no, oh, no, because I, I still don't know. I still don't know who the second best. No, I feel that like I don't know. If you ask me on the spot, can they? Will they win twelve games right now? I'll say yes. yes Thirteen. They're the absolutely answer. not winning. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely answer, feel yes. they're not. Gonna, but they're gonna win. I promise I, I, you. No, but there's also going to be a team with with that that takes advantage of that terrible. I mean, they'll be like the Eagles last year, where they take advantage of a suspect. Uh, strength of schedule, and they 
outkick their coverage. And like, it's the story of the NFL. It's that's the same. I, I could almost, I think that almost happens every year where there, I think there's at least two teams from each conference that, 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 that outkick their coverage and two that disappoint every season. I don't think the Eagles are in those categories, but I feel that like, I don't know. There's going to be, a, there's going to be a game or two that the Eagles get popped period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like there's, there's always a – well, not really last year, but there, I mean there's one. But I mean there's always a game last – there's always a game where, you know, the, the team gets popped and there's always a, a game where the team probably plays above their heads and, and, and win. You know, like all I'm saying is that there's – to me, the Eagles are the best team right as of right now in the NFC, and the best team in each conference usually wins 12 or 13 games. So who's going to – you know, like if the Eagles don't – if the Eagles aren't winning their games – Who's getting those wins? Is it the Cowboys? You know, is it Brock Purdy and the 49ers and Debo Samuel and those guys? I I don't know. I don't think so. No, I feel that like I don't know. With with Aaron Rodgers leaving, that means like I don't know that like I mean who gets the Packer wins? I I, I don't know. Do they just the Bears, like, but then they'll have seven are, wins instead of five? You know, <laughs> and are the lie are the lines legit? Like I don't know. I, are they are they more legit than they were last year? Who knows about the Vikings? They're just kind of middling. They're in that. Yeah. They're in that good win. Like I don't know, get into the wild card may or may not win a game. The Giants will probably be better. The Commanders will probably be a little better. Tampa will be terrible. Like I don't know. Like like and, and Arizona is going to be awful. No, like, I, I mean, like I think we can already figure out who the who the like who the terrible teams are. It's just who are the teams? Who are the two teams that you think can? exceed expectations this year well let, let me just say this i i think it's more going to be you know just a smoothing out of what we saw from last year because eagles won 14 games the niners won 13 the vikings won 13 and the cowboys won 112 that all ain't going to repeat itself like no. i don't think the, the, the niners aren't going to win 13 games this year i don't think the vikings win 13 games this year but i mean the bears aren't going to win they're going to win more than three uh, i think i think no the, the, like you the, said no i think oh no i think that's the perfect term that like Leisure was an anomaly in terms of the top heavy team just winning all the games. Like I, I like I think I think this could be the year where the best team in the NFC wins twelve games, like the Eagles. And I feel that like it goes 12, 11, 11, 10. You you're out and like I think you get a bunch of nine and eight teams, ten and seven teams. Yeah, like I like I think the Saints are probably better. I think the Bucks are probably worse. I mean, I think I think it'll just smooth out where like, again you get a bunch of like you said you know, 10 and seven, nine and eight teams. And, and again, less top heavy teams. All I'm saying, all of that is to say, bet that over on the Eagles. I bet that over yeah. on the Eagles way before the schedule came out. I'm betting it again because <laughs> I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in Nick Sirianni. I believe in, in Sean Desai, a, a coordinator who's actually going to gut other teams instead of the guy who says he's going to gut other teams. Um, but no, but this is a, like, this is a fun looking schedule. I mean, like the, the again, the front is, is very, I don't want to say, you know, not, daunting but the front's kind of easy the, the back is kind of heavy um but there's some really fun games fun matchups again like eagles chiefs monday night football and arrowhead the niners rematch in, in good december luck to, good luck to go to any home games this year if you don't have season tickets man because those like all those games are going to be priced out for almost yeah. everyone like i mean yeah. that bills game get the heck out of here that, like the cheapest seat's going to be like 800 dollars. yeah that bills game is going to going to fetch a, a big big money and of course again for the second year in a row you get the vikings um, at home for the home opener um, this time. And so then the same thing for the 49ers because, because yeah. of course, of those crybabies. Uh, other games that I do want to mention, though, the NFL that released before the full schedule released, the kickoff game in Kansas City, which many thought was going to be um, either versus the Bengals or the Bills or the Eagles. The Kansas City Chiefs will host the Detroit Lions um, in the first game of the 2023 NFL season at Arrowhead. Um, the Monday night football opener, Buffalo at the Jets. Um, in MetLife Stadium. New Year's Eve is when we get the Cincinnati-Kansas City matchup. So the NFL coming for your Christmas money and your New Year's Eve money um, within the span of a week. And one of the Germany games is Kansas City um, against Miami. And on Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday game, you got the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Jets. Again, the first Black Friday game in the NFL. I think this is on Amazon. I believe it's on Amazon. Uh, this year the so. nfl is trying to hit every official and unofficial holiday so you don't do anything but sit on your couch all i'm saying 
is that the NFL has three games on Christmas. So we got the Eagles game on Christmas, uh, the Chiefs and the Chiefs and uh, Raiders play on Christmas. I'm not sure what the early game is. The NBA is probably going to have their five games on Christmas. Is there any going to be? Is there going to be any Christmas regular Christmas cheer in Philadelphia households? <laughs> or again, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the Sixers are playing on Christmas. Probably the Knicks for like 80th, 80th time in a row. You got Sixers versus X on Christmas, and you got Eagles versus Giants on Christmas. <laughs> I mean, like, will there be regular Christmas celebrations in, in the Delaware Valley? You know who's not going to be celebrating Christmas? Adam Silver, because ain't nobody watching those NBA games. I'm like, yeah, the NFL is going to crush those ratings, but the NBA is really going to try. Like, you're going to get like Sixers Lakers or something if it's that's the no. But I feel like I don't know. Like, like at, at, at that point. You can't just give up, right? You can't, you can't give just up. say no, you got you know, you got to throw it. You got to throw everything you got, you, man. Okay, okay. Because I feel like this is very like I don't know, like WWE versus AEW or yeah. like you, gotta you know like I don't know, you, like you got to just like I don't know, put the steel cage match between Moxley and Omega. Like LA, you can't like half ass it basically. No, no, no. No. You can't. Okay. No, you got to go like look. Like they're going to get thirty million, all right. Like I understand they're going to get thirty million at least for those first two games, uh, or at least for those last two games. I'm not sure about the first game. We got to get our six in there somewhere, our six million in there somewhere. <laughs> so we will throw Luca out there, there for enough, you. Are there enough people with streaming devices and TVs for this for, to make this happen? Are, no. So are they just going to keep one television on while you're wrapping pre- opening presents? You know the TV. The TV will be on. Actually, well, you're going to need two TVs on. Yeah, between twelve and eleven p.m. Eastern time, all across the country, because there's going to be constant sports on the entire day. Um, yeah. So, so kudos to again Adam Silver and Roger Goodell for for you know the the mano a mano uh, a battle that that will be waged. Uh, on and by the which way, is Monday, which is the and, Monday, and by, by the way. Oh, real. Oh, oh yeah. by the way. Shout out to ESPN for getting Bucket Aikman because now they got Bond and Monday Night Football games. Monday Night Football is back to being important. Like I don't know, like because that 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 Josh Allen versus Rogers game is going to do buku numbers on Week One. Like that, I, I mean. But obviously, like when when ESPN, like I don't know, like negotiates the like getting Bucket Aikman, they're talking to Goodell and be like, yo. We we're paying out of our ears for these guys. You better give us a prime game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that point. Yeah, because there's been a ton of terrible games on Monday Night Football, and that seemed to switch this year. Because the Eagles, again, the Eagles, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL. Obviously, are going to play, you know, a lot of primetime games. Three of their five, you know, three of their you know five, you know, national games are on Monday Night Football. Usually, Sunday Night Football will get the the jewel games. But you got Eagles Chiefs on Monday Night Football. You got Eagles Giants on Monday Night, and you got uh, what was the other game? probably the Tampa game. Um, yeah, like you got three Monday night. Well, the Tampa game stinks, but still it's national TV. But you got a lot better. The Monday night football schedule this year is a lot better than it was no. in the Booger McFarlane days. I'm sorry. It was terrible. No, I feel that, like, I don't know. Ever since they moved to ESPN, it, it's got it's precipitately, like, it, it's gone down precipitously. Like, I don't know. Because obviously when it was on ABC, that was like ever, right. which is crazy because it's been on ESPN for years now. Like, I, right. I'd say, what, 15? About that, yeah, close to it, yeah, yeah. It's been, yeah it's been because because I think what because I think once Sunday Night Football came around, I think it got booted. But right. like, no, I, I, but now, like, I don't know. Like, I'm glad Monday Night Football is important because, like, because well, because you, you know you have Thursday night games which just absolutely suck. Like, I don't yeah. know, you can't have Monday night and Thursday night games suck. Yeah. So like, thank God, no. The first I, game I mean, and like, the last game can't be bad. Yeah. No, and like, I don't know, like, it's the only game in town. And it's on a tip, and and you don't need an app for it. Like I don't know. Like I feel that 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 Thursday night game will always be reaching because you're not reaching peak audience. And you know, even though you're not, even though it's one of those games um, situations where, like you said, like it's not reaching the peak audience, there's still going to be an Amazon out there willing to pay a billion dollars a year for that game because again, that's what brings people in the door. That's what gets people. No, because that's the only thing. Because. Oh, no, it's the only thing that, like, I don't know, that draws consistent views. I, I, I mean, like, like that's the thing I think someone wrote about it. It's like all these companies that are just cutting people because they, they, they tried to do the streaming wars. That's over because there ain't – because, like, that was a – I think it was like a, like in the end it became a losing proposition because there are enough people buying to, like, spend $100 million on the Chris Rock special. 
Right. Yeah. No, like live sports is what brings people in the door, especially with Amazon. Again, live sports brings them in the door. You have to subscribe to Amazon Prime. And again, you get that hundred and whatever, that 50 bucks a year from 10 million people again. And then people are going to buy from Amazon Prime. Like they're not stupid. I mean, again, that's why everything's going to YouTube, you know, with the Sunday, the Sunday ticket, like that's going to get you in the YouTube TV door. Um, and you're going to spend however much money, you know, to probably get YouTube TV or whatever other Google services uh, they want to bundle with that package sooner or later. So, yeah, sports is a driver and NFL is the biggest driver of all of them. Um, so, again, you're going to see a lot more of these, you know, packages, the the, the Black Friday packages, or the Thursday night packages, or however <laughs> they package it up, however they want to sell it. I'm still trying to uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, Roy. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm wondering, will we ever get to a point maybe in 2080 – where you can actually pay for a game, one game, where you don't like, I don't know, where you could just pay, you know, give me, let me pay 60 bucks for, I don't know, the uh, 49ers Eagles. I don't think it's going to be that much, but I think it's probably, I think we're probably less than 10 years away from that. I don't think we're that far away. Like, I, I think, I think we're probably, I think you'll probably see before that, I think you'll probably see like a slim down uh, package where you can buy a team. So you can say like, give me every, give me every, all the 49ers games for like a hundred dollars or something, whatever the number is, give me every 49ers game for a hundred dollars. You know, that's on Sunday ticket. And I think from that, I think we'll probably spin out into here's 20 bucks for a game. You know, here's that, that, that you'll get, like, I don't think we're that far away um, from, from that. And again, the NFL is going to squeeze every dollar they can out of this. Cause again, there's millions, billions of dollars literally to be squeezed out of this. Um, but, but again, we'll probably get the 18 games too by the time that happens. So who the heck knows? No, uh, oh, no, because I that. feel that like a la carte is like, I don't know, because once again, like the NFL is just literally the best entity at knowing how to monetize things and hype things up. Because like, I don't know, the, there is no reason why human beings should be hyped about games being released that you know the appointment. They shouldn't. <sighs> they shouldn't be. But I, again, as someone who gets hyped when these things come out. I, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I'm telling you, like, they just, they must have these studies done. Like, I don't know, by like, I don't know, by like people in like the NFL lab to be like, okay, let's look inside the brain of Sean Domingo and say, how much football does he need and how much does he not need? And there's, and I think they just say, no, there is never not like, Use like I'm just I keep waiting for like the NFL to get overexposed and it never does. No, 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 no. The, the NFL has done a really good job of staying relevant for 365 days a year, and the schedule lends it like they have designed the schedule so that it lends itself to that. And I think other leagues really should kind of take notice and, and kind of figure out how they can space things out and make things matter um, as much as the NFL does, because clearly the NFL is the king of this, and no one, no one's even I don't even know who's even remotely close to what they're doing uh, with that. So we have the schedule release. And before we get out of here, though, I do want to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, about backlash this past weekend, WWE backlash. You, now, I know you said you, you saw clips of the, of the uh, bad bunny match. Have you seen anything yes. of the bad bunny match? As, as, as no, no, I, I wish I know. I'm going to have an opinion about this next week, but in the little bit I've seen is mm. I'll say it. I can't in the last, I, th I think I said five because I can't remember a more material and significant signing other than Pat McAfee. Like, I don't know, because I think, but like it, like I feel that other than McAfee, Bad Bunny has been the best acquisition that WWE has had since I'll say AJ Styles. Is Bad Bunny the best celebrity wrestler, wrestler of all time? <clears throat> I thought we already decided that. Like, I don't know. Is like, he better than someone, Logan now, Paul, I guess is my question. Wrestler. Yes. Okay. And I feel that, like, I don't know, he draws a bigger audience than Logan Paul. No, no, forget Paul. that. I'm talking about just pure yeah. wrestler. Yeah. All right. He does Canadian I, Destroyer for a, a finisher. Yeah, because I, I, I thought Logan Paul, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Like, this dude, like, put on, like, he put on a really good Did show. you see the Falcon Arrow that Bad Bunny took? Like, you know, he, like, yeah. like, most men should be crippled. Like, there's no reason why this guy, who is, quote-unquote, the most streamed artist in the world, should be <laughs> taking Falcon Arrows onto, like, a table. Like, I, But this shows you, and I feel that, like, I think it's been said that, like, he has the respect of that locker room. We're like, because he's not looking to, like, and same with Logan Paul. I, I mean, like, these, these dudes are, like, worth $20 million. They don't need to be taking, like, eating table shots but they do 
because they love it. And like, I don't know if you can do this if you don't love it, if you're a celebrity. And it's pretty apparent. And it's the outreach, man. This dude is like, I was saying over, like, just it just being ignorant. Like, I don't know. This is like one of the most popular people in the on the planet. And, but this is how, but this is why WWE stays ahead of the curve because they saw this before everyone else did. They don't care about the, the initial backlash when the idiots like of, of the internet say, oh man, we're, you're taking a spot away from Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler don't draw no money no more. So who gives a stuff a crap? Like, I don't know. Like, well, no. And I think that people have just thought the next question is, can you do a bad bunny Logan Paul big time? But I don't know who, like these guys are, you, you can't have two celebrities carry, we can't have a celebrity carry another celebrity. I feel that that's the, that's the biggest issue because that's what I think people don't get about the celebrities. All these matches they have are great, great. Well, you don't. I don't think you ever want a bad bunny uh, Logan Paul match because you're you know, you're not you got to spread the wealth because you'd have you, to put someone. No, you'd have to put someone over. Then like no, I feel like no, forget no, no forget I, someone I feel, to put someone over. Like the, both of these guys are like you said. Like when they come out and wrestle, they're going to put on really entertaining matches, and you need to fill out a whole card. And like putting both of those guys in the same match, I think weakens yeah. the rest of your card. Like you know when Logan Paul gets in the ring with the Seth Rollins, they're going to have a banger and. Logan, uh, Bad Bunny gets in the ring with somebody. He's gonna have a bang. Like you want a full card. Like you, like if you're like like it's like scheduling for Christmas Day. You want three really good games. And if I can spread out the Logan Paul effect and spread out the Bad Bunny effect, spread it out. Like I would, I would never have those dudes touch. Never, 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 never. Because because the 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 eyes that you get from Logan Paul and the eyes that you get from Bad Bunny just raise everybody else up. Like you said, like the, you know Logan Paul of uh, Bad Bunny being the most streamed artist in the world. You know, got a lot more people in the door, just like Logan Paul. You know, you know his, you know his his selfie off the uh, off the top rope got a lot more people they, in the door. They covered backlash on Access Hollywood, probably. You don't yeah. get back like it, it, and and because it was in Puerto Rico, you get that. No, like that's where I feel that. Like I don't know, and I, I mean, it's not a, like it's not a coincidence that if you put if you get the right mix of celebrity storyline. Mm-hmm. Business is good, and it's pretty apparent that WWE is kind of killing it right now. With like, and this is without a champion, period. Like, I, I, but like, if you get entertaining characters and and like good and and proper storylines, people will show up to house shows. Well, they they have a champion. You just don't. You never see the man. The man's <laughs> not there. Uh, the man who who has the the two belts. The 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 two belts that has been awarded. <laughs> there is another belt that will be awarded very soon. Um, the world heavyweight championship belt um, that will be defend or that will be fought for at night of champions. Seth Rollins will be representing the raw brand at night of champions. Um, as of this recording, we still do not know who's going to be representing the blue brand on this, but there's th- two three way uh, matches uh, before I had to start a SmackDown, which happened yesterday um, to determine the, uh, the competitors for the match at night of champions. AJ Styles, Edge, Mysterio in one, and Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Sheamus in the other. We got about Who's a minute. That other match? We got a, we got a, yeah, we got about a, a minute or so left. Um, who do you think? Again, this happened before. But who do you think should come out of the Raw brand, and who do you think should be the inaugural champion at Night Man, of I, I can't give this answer anymore, but I'm gonna try. Before I, 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 I looked at my phone and looked at Edge. I would have said AJ Styles, but after I saw Edge give his impassively that he needs to quote unquote finish the story. He kind of gave a dig at Cody, which is kind of funny. Like, no, I, I mean, like it should be Cody. No, it should be edge and Seth. And I feel that I think edge should like, but like, do you want to use that edge moment? No offense. At night of champions in Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I, no offense, but really offense. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I think it, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think we talked about this before. And I'll be brief. I think Edge needs time for one more run or deserves one more run. He's always said he wants to get a run, get it. He said on the video, he wants to get a run, drop it and leave. And they have a, you know, some, some dates, house dates coming up after SummerSlam in Canada, where Edge is from. I think it makes all the sense in the world, you know, because again, you don't need to put the belt on self just yet. Have Edge win the belt, have him, you know, get his couple months in, have him drop the belt and then have him kind of, you know, go out, you know, and like literally like leave, you know, you know, a, a, as a fighting champion. So I, I'm fine with it. So I'm, you have convinced me. I think edge is the guy who should win this. No, man. Like, I don't know. Like 
they just i mean that would just be like for and like the backstory matters he had to like retire due to like injuries and he came back and he's still good and i don't know that would be like that would just be a very like and for a guy that's kind of like i don't know been a pillar like he's been a star and like i don't yeah. know let's do right by the dude yeah, let's do right by the dude, and and hopefully that's a, a perfect ending to his story, as he said in the video. And that is the ending to this story here on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Hopefully the Sixer story continues next week when we're back on the same airwave, same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Happy Mother's Day. Hey there, it's your friend Stormy Warren here, and I want to invite you to my new home, The Big 615, exclusively on TuneIn. It's the official home of country music broadcasting live from Nashville to the world. Get the latest on country music, from your favorite artists to the hottest songs climbing up the charts. Oh, and it's commercial free. Hear it all on The Stormy Warren Show, weekdays from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central. Download the free TuneIn app from the App Store. That's TuneIn. Or ask your device to play The Big 615 on TuneIn. Tune in.